0: everybody, and welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co host, Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is your co host, Andy Hart. Hello, listeners, wherever you
1: are in the world. Hello, good to see you this weekend day. Well, nice to see you, Art. You're looking fine, looking sharp. Well, thank you. Did Handsome you? as ever. Well, thank you. I shaved. Wow, it shows. <laughs> I did a double shave. I haven't
0: seen your chin in ages. <laughs> Have you ever done a double shave, Andy? A double shave?
1: I don't even... What, you shave twice?
0: Yeah. You shave once, downstroke, and then again, upstroke. Upstroke. Makes it baby smooth.
1: I've done that, but not shaving.
0: (laughs) Swimming, right? Double stroke? Yeah, swimming. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Listeners, today in the bunker, we got a great topic for you, don't we, Andy? It is a doozy. If you're into government conspiracies if you're into uh, surveillance if you're into abuses of power <laughs> abuse of power racially charged uh material um today's
1: topic is yeah, gonna this be is for great. you for this you this is for you
0: uh Andy
1: who suggested today's topic uh we actually had uh, today's topic uh sanctioned by Mr Bunker but suggested by a listener. That's right. Uh Nathan from Salmonox suggested today's topic. Thank you, Nathan. Thanks, Nathan. This was a good one. It was a great suggestion. Um,
0: great topic. And um, you know, if you if you listeners want to send us a topic that you want to see us discuss on the show, um you can email us at mrbunkerpod at gmail.com or or you could tweet at us that's right. at mrbunkerpod. That's on right.
1: The Twitter platform.
0: Um Listeners, if you want to get right to all that steaming whole enchilada action of CoIntel Pro, that's right. Um actually, I don't think we ever said the name of the topic. This is what <laughs> we're talking about. We're talking about CoIntel Pro. Yeah. If you want to skip right to it, we will leave a timestamp in the show notes or the description. Uh you know, look for it in whatever podcasting app you use. That goes for every episode. You can yeah. skip right to the research. Skip right to the research.
1: If you hate Art and I talking to
0: each other, <laughs> then just go right to the research. Because right at the top, listeners, you know it, you love it. Maybe you don't. Oh, maybe it's just me and Art that maybe love it. Just we love it. <laughs> we need to talk about it <laughs> every week. Mr. Bunker captures Andy and I and brings us down to his secret doomsday bunker, and we like to tell you exactly how he got us this week. So yeah, um. Why don't you go ahead, Andy? All right. I'll tell I you. Think, you know, I think you were saying that you got a wild one today. I, I have a pretty good
1: one, I feel like. Yeah. Um, uh, Nathan from Samanach, if you're listening, I think you're going to like this one. <laughs> um, so, Art, it is it is summer uh, officially here. Ooh, sweltering summers. In, in the uh, northern hemisphere and uh specifically in uh the state of illinois in the metropolitan area of chicago where we're located very good uh and it has been a steamer <laughs> a it's been a real chicago steamer oh yeah uh so uh you know i'm looking for ways I to I get saw that on a video once i did too yeah the chicago steamer <laughs> great train uh, yeah great train beautiful train <laughs> Uh, it it uh, really ran train Yeah it uh, It's one fine running train It uh, really plows through uh, Any obstructions uh, But I've been looking for ways to beat the heat
0: Yeah you love beating things
1: Love to beat the heat I love to beat things uh, And so you know what's one good place to go to cool off Is the movie theater That's right It's so cool Nice cold, Usually air conditioned Dark, dark. dark. Um, And so the movie theater's great So Uh, I go to the movies the other, uh, this, this morning, I guess, uh, to go, uh, to go to get out of the heat. Right. And, um, you know, one thing I love at the movie theater, I love those movie theater snacks. You love snacks. I am a snacker. Um, Andy, I don't want to
0: interrupt you, but I just want to say not a popcorn fan. What? In
1: general? Yeah.
0: I don't like it gets stuck in my teeth, Mm. but Mm. I,
1: I like the flavor and I like the taste, but
0: I just can't deal with stuff getting stuck in my teeth.
1: Uh, what do you think of a, a popcorn jelly belly? oh no. yeah no don't care for it either yeah. yeah jelly belly if you're listening don't care for the buttered popcorn i i love the factory
0: tour though i took that factory tour when i was a little kid great factory tour <laughs>
1: never been but uh one on my bucket list for sure <laughs> my jelly bean bucket list uh so i i head to the snack counter at the movie right. theater i get two large buckets f- for popcorn Two Uh, big old buckets. Two big old buckets. I get one full of popcorn, and I get the other full of that melted margarine (laughs) stuff, and I just stick a straw in it. Uh, Now, So you got one big old tub, a large tub. Big old, big old, you know, one of those like- Popcorn in one hand. Yeah, one of those huge- You're cradling it. Yeah, like (laughs) it's baby-sized buckets of popcorn, then one that's just full of that uh, false butter, butter. that, you know, like trans fat liquid. Um, And I got a straw in there. Uh, you know, I, I love the movie concession so much. I jump right in. I don't even wait to get, uh, to get to the, to the movie. Uh Um, I just start slurping down that margarine. Uh, now, uh, naturally like I'm slurping this down and I drink the whole thing during Uh the previews. So, um, I'm like two previews in and I just get freaking diarrhea in the theater (laughs) And I gotta go to I gotta run like like as you know, one of those clinched butt cheek runs sure. to the to the turtlet there at the movie theater. So forty five minutes later I'm headed back to the to the theater to see the movie. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I'm walking by you know how in the movies they have all those like they have all those displays for like previews, like now it's like every movie theater is so big, it's like there's like a labyrinth you gotta walk through all this hallways to get back to your theater. Sure. And they got all these displays for upcoming movies where it's like cardboard cardboard cutouts. Okay, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh there's this like 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 this cardboard cutout of a like portly looking Spider Man. And uh uh-huh. yeah, so as I Come walk for the new Spider Man movie. Yeah, as I walk by it like He's comes a to life comes to life and starts shooting me with web <laughs> And uh, yeah, it turns out, turns out it was a bunker um, and the, uh, I, I'm like subdu- I'm like subdued in the web and I'm rolling around on the ground and then, you know, all of a sudden the Spider-Man like rips off his like spider outfit and he's wearing like a movie theater employee oh, outfit. Oh no. And uh, he like stuffs me into one of those like huge bags of popcorn. You know, they bring, they mm-hmm. like, the popcorn's already popped and they just put it in that like case. And so he like puts me in one of those huge bags of popcorn. Drags me out of the back of the theater, tosses me into his van, and here we are. You didn't shit your pants. I'm shocked. No, I shit on the toilet like a big boy. That was after. I must have missed that part. He showed mercy today and let me go. right. I I was in the bathroom for a while with diarrhea. Okay. You missed a lot of the movie. I missed the whole movie. (laughs) I left during the previews. I mean, I would have missed, like, probably 30 minutes of it. Just, like, from the the diarrhea, but... Uh You know, then I missed the whole thing Uh because I came here. Yeah. You know... Well,
0: Well, Andy, I mean, I'm glad that, you know, Bunker showed a little mercy to you. I think... (laughs) I deserve it, frankly.
1: Well, I don't know. You've been pretty critical of him. You've been pretty mean to him. I gotta say, he got me this time. I, uh... I mean, I haven't been keeping up with the Spider-Man films, and I noticed this was a sort of out of shape Spider-Man. But and you didn't know. But I was like, well, maybe this is the direction. Maybe this is the way they're taking it. I thought it was some like young, uh, hunky twink kind of Spider-Man from the. Oh yeah, that's from, how they describe him for from sure. The, from a the hunky twink from the ads I've seen, but a
0: honky honker twink. What's that honky talk? <laughs> honky talk man, song. What? Cause I'm a honky tonk twink. I don't know. You remember that Honky Tonk song? I don't know that song. Uh, That
1: one? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, come on. You know what I'm singing. (laughs) Nope. Listeners, if you know what I'm singing, tweet at me. Uh, Honky Tonk. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So you don't know what's going on with... Any of the marble universe, so you know, you're,
1: you're thinking I'm out of the loop and, and yeah. this is only not this is not helping at all. You're out of the loop and into the web. Yeah, into the into the spider verse. Into the bunker verse. Um Wow. Yeah, but at least I smell like popcorn today instead of other stuff. Yeah, I mean you reek of butter. <laughs> yeah. More well, so sure than normal. Well, <laughs> it is coming out my pores, basically. Yeah. Wow, Andy. I mean I did drink like one hundred and forty eight ounces of, <laughs> of margarine your heart you better donate
0: it to science (laughs) in two years when i expire (laughs) that's why you have that barcode on
1: your forehead (laughs) yeah yeah
0: if anybody that expiration date
1: (laughs) yeah if anybody knows of any free hearts i could use one i see one right
0: here here's a free heart in front
1: of me (laughs) (laughs) well well that's my story art um so here i am what about you here I am to worship. Uh, here I am to bow down. It was that Michael W. Smith.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know the any of the top artist names in uh, <laughs> hot contemporary gospel hot, rock.
1: Hot gospel Christian
0: rock. rock. Um, Andy, as you know, um, you might be described. Uh, you might have been described. Both. You know whether this is a fabrication or not. Lore on the podcast that
1: you were a pig Yeah Now I've been known to be vain Wouldn't you say? I would say That's probably what most people uh, recognize <laughs> That's the If there's one If there's If we each have A <laughs> a, a A A deadly sin Associated mm-hmm, with mm-hmm, us mm-hmm. Mine is gluttony Sure And sloth And yours Is okay. vanity You get two I guess <laughs> Probably avarice Avarice too For me or you? For me Yeah um and lust. <laughs> Alright, so there's four We both lust. Four yeah. There's four deadly sins associated to each one of us.
0: Uh, I don't think I can name the other ones. Yeah, um either. anyway, Andy. You know, I think this is unfounded though, but regardless, I was working out nude in oh, front of a that. changing mirror. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> working out nude? Yes. Okay. I was working out and flexing nude in front of a changing mirror, which is in the privacy of my own home who cares yeah i guess um but you know a lot of people think to seem to think that i'm vain or i'm some kind of you know self-centered person were your
1: curtains and blinds drawn they might have been yeah
0: um anyway I'm, i'm getting ready to bench to bench press i'm gonna do my normal weight which you know i don't need to say on the where's podcast the, where's
1: the mirror in in relation to the? it's
0: bench? one of those um large <laughs> changing room mirrors that has like uh, four of them and then uh, a little okay. platform yeah okay and it's right at the head of the uh or it's right at the the base of the 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 bench
1: so so when you lift your head up you see straight from i just see a pelvis taint shot. knees and yeah okay full taint
0: shot <laughs> okay which you got to check the healthiness. I mean, you got to, you know, people don't know this about the bench press. And your wife is a trained physician, physical therapist. She can attest to this, that the bench press works the taint. Oh, Very well. I'll ask her about that. Um, you got to have a strong taint if you want to get strong. You got to have a strong base. Anyway, Andy. Good pelvic floor. I'm going to bench my normal weight, which I don't, we don't need to talk numbers on the uh, podcast here. The
1: numbers really are too big for the, the listeners The numbers to
0: are just, you know... If you listen to our episode on the Boates Void, you'll know big numbers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Think of astronomical in scale the amount of weight art lifts.
0: So I'm putting on my normal weight and then I'm about to unrack the bar. And as I do, boom, it just comes crashing down onto my chest. Oh. And I'm starting to like suffocate and I'm thinking, "What it what the heck happened? What the heck?" And then I see it. He leans over. Wiley Brooks? <laughs> no. Oh. Nope. I I thought he came to spot you. I didn't have any cheeseburgers or Diet Coke today. (laughs) Dang. That Wiley Brooks. It was Bunker. Uh. And he leans over and he says, Need a spot. Can I spot you one? That was nice. That was nice, but he put on extra weight. So much weight that even I couldn't lift it. (laughs) So here I am, fucking nude. How did did he do this? I don't know. Did he have a team of people come in? He must have had a crane. Or some kind of uh, lifting, lifting device, a dolly perhaps, I don't know. Or <laughs> he's unnaturally strong, he could have old man strength. <laughs> mm. You know, that's a yeah, thing. Yeah. He put so much weight on that I was trapped under the bar, Andy, and I, I couldn't, I was struggling to get it off, but there was nothing I could do and he just, he just bagged me up.
1: Wow. We both got bagged.
0: Yeah. Bagged intact. And and so I'm shocked, you know, you didn't, I mean, I'm wearing a space blanket covering myself, but I am fully new. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Today. Yeah. So. Yeah, you've you showed me a few times. I get it. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. Um, So that's how I got captured today. Did he like spot you in a reasonable amount of time or you were like struggling for a while? No, it almost immediately crashed onto my chest. Yeah, but did he knocked pick it the, up? Did it he, hit me in the
0: solar plex, knocked the breath right out of me. Did he pick it up
1: though? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. he. I mean, I was real dizzy. Like I said, you know, I got the wind knocked out yeah. of me. Um, I've been telling him to put a gym down here in the bunker for a while now, and he just doesn't seem to want to. Yeah. But he, he I, I figure he's got to have one somewhere. Maybe he's got a membership to planet fitness or something. Mm, I can't
1: see him signing up for a membership yeah. anywhere. Think, well, yeah, that's true. He doesn't like to, if he would, he would pay in cash. I'll bet he's lifting like old refrigerators out in the woods or something. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> just lifting old refrigerators.
1: Big like tractor tires and yeah. stuff. Um, I had a bar uh, a bench press bar crashed down on me one day it was in a 24 hour fitness facility oh when you used to work out at like 3 in the morning Mm -hmm. yeah and I was all by myself in the gym (laughs) and it just like my arms were like I was toward the end of the you know it's like you do you do some reps you take a break sure you do some reps take a break yeah you do sets yeah I was in like the I was like towards the end of the second set and it was just like yeah arms got weak how did you have the energy to work out at three in the morning um i you know it's like if you abuse your body enough like (laughs) you'll be surprised what you can get out of it (laughs) those are great words (laughs) (laughs) take it from a true fitness guru (laughs) um yeah i just had to struggle out of it and then uh wow yeah, they watched me on the security camera, and they were laughing at me. <laughs> they just watched you with dicks. Well, it was later in the day, so I was all obviously I was fine. Oh, uh, but it's just like it was me, like shimmy, trying to shimmy. Underneath. You did the shimmy. Did you go low shim- or did you go high? Well, I kind of just like I kind of just like pushed it off to the side, you know, uh, like like over. So I could, and then it just like fell on the floor. huh. Hmm. and then I just assembled it, and you know, everything was fine.
0: Yeah. I think most people probably shimmy. I think you should shimmy down. Try to get it towards your hips and then sit up. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can kind of roll it off your legs.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I tried to shimmy up and it's like, oh, nope, this is going to crush my skull (laughs) (laughs) for sure. So abort
0: that mission. Wow. Uh, Mission aborted. Um, Well, listeners, that was how
1: we got captured this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, I uh, hope you're enjoying the research because you're all, got a head start. <laughs> you already skipped right ahead to it.
0: <laughs> but hey, if you'd listened through it, um, now we're ready to
1: get to it. Yeah. Wow, that rhymed. Um, got the uh, like we said, Andy. You know, have you ever
0: heard of this topic, CoIntel
1: Pro, before? Um, I had heard this acronym before, but if I'm being quite honest, I didn't know really the details i didn't know the scope of it or anything mm-hmm. like that so mm-hmm. i wasn't i wasn't really in the know yeah
0: um i think i i never heard of it either and i think you know i, I think you talk about things that are similar to it because i think even today a lot of topics like uh and we can you know we'll probably cover this into disc in the discussion but um ideas of being of surveillance mm-hmm. and privacy and things like the Patriot Act and etc. Um, are things we're going to talk about? Yeah, and and that's all related to this topic. So if you're into surveillance, government conspiracies, if you liked our MKUltra episode, I think this one's going to be for you.
1: Yeah, if you're a weird little voyeur, you're gonna <laughs> get a sick thrill yeah. out of this. If episode. you got a real,
0: uh, what's that rear rear room rear view mirror rear view no. Not the Pearl Jam. Rear Jamie window?
1: Album. Yeah. You're talking about uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart? The Jimmy Stewart movie. Yeah. The, the Hitchcock Alfred film. Hitchcock, yeah. Rear window. Rear window. If you're into that, you're, you're going to like this. You're going to, you're going to, this will heal your leg. <laughs> oh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Well,
0: oh. Oh, Jimmy Stewart. Come on now. Oh. Angel got such wings. Oh, you want the money? That's all.
1: I saw a uh, movie once on T uh, TCM Turner Classic Movies. Yeah, where uh, Jimmy Stewart played like a like a tough sheriff with like a yellow shotgun or something. Why was it yellow? I don't know. It had something to do with the movie. Okay, I don't really remember the details, <laughs> but I was like, Jimmy Stewart is <laughs> a cowboy? I'm not buying this. Yeah. But everybody did westerns. That was the time. <laughs> that was the thing. Before a- every movie
0: was a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a Star Wars movie. It was a Western. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, let's ride off to the sunset here, Andy, and explore the topic of Go Intel Pro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bureau of Investigation, or FBI, is the top law enforcement agency in the United States. As the Domestic Intelligence and Security Service of the United States, the Bureau is responsible for investigating crimes, counterterrorism, and counterintelligence efforts. Ostensibly, the purpose of the FBI is to aid in the administration of justice and to help keep U.S. citizens safe. As we'll discuss today, though... The FBI has at times been used as a tool of state-sponsored repression, infringing on citizens' rights rather than upholding them. Our focus today is the FBI's COINTELPRO, which was officially active beginning in 1956. COINTELPRO is a portmanteau derived from counterintelligence program. Pretty clever, huh? Yeah. Yeah. COINTELPRO encompassed a number of operations undertaken by the FBI aimed at disrupting and discrediting domestic activist groups and leaders the FBI deemed subversive. Official COINTELPRO operations stopped in 1971, but have similar operations continued at the FBI under different names? Does the spirit of COINTELPRO live on even today? Now, before we talk about the potential for
0: modern-day COINTELPRO-like operations, Andy, we got to understand just what COINTELPRO was. Mm-hmm. Now, as you mentioned, COINTELPRO was an umbrella program that consider- consolidated a variety of FBI initiatives aimed at disrupting, sabotaging, discrediting, or defaming activist groups. The leaders of those groups or Even just people sympathetic to relevant causes or groups, right? Right. So some key targets of COINTELPRO operations were the Communist Party of the USA, the Socialist Workers Party, the Ku Klux Klan, the Nation of Islam, the Black Panther Party, and basically any group associated with the quote unquote new left social and political movements, um, which, you know, given the time, included anti-war, community, religious groups, right? Mm And this is 50s to 70s America. Uh, I don't know why I said America like that. America. America. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, listeners, the FBI came after anybody who didn't think the USA was A-OK.
1: That's right, Art. Now, listeners, we're going to get into a history of COINTELPRO operations, but before we do that... Let's talk about some of the methods employed by the FBI to further the so-called success of COINTELPRO operations.
0: Andy, this is a great idea, and let me tell you why. I'll start by talking about one of my favorite methods of doing anything. Infiltration! I'm a sneaky little bandit, and I love to pretend to be part of a group where I'm not welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yep,
1: You're welcome in so few groups, so you have a lot of opportunity here.
0: (laughs) When I show up into group chats, someone adds me to them. Weirdly,
1: everyone else leaves.
0: It's you alone. I don't got it. Yeah. The FBI infiltrated activist groups either by placing agents in the groups or by recruiting current or former members of targeted groups to be informants. Now, FBI infiltrators sought to discredit targeted groups or individuals to disrupt the operations of said targeted groups or to negatively redirect the group's activities. As it turns out, the FBI was decent uh, at infiltrating activist groups, especially the Ku Klux Klan, which was apparently really easy to infiltrate. <laughs> who, who wouldn't have guessed? Who would have guessed? You kind of just have to dress up like yeah, that. just show up. In those funny little outfits, and you just kind of, <laughs> hey, guys. The FBI infiltrated groups so well, in fact, that eventually the groups became Fearful of law enforcement officers in their ranks, right? Mm -hmm. The FBI then turned that fear back on the activists by. Painting genuine activists as informants or undercover agents.
1: Yeah, and uh, Art, the FBI also used psychological tactics against its pro targets. Uh, Some of the dirty tricks employed by the Bureau were things like forging documents and letters used to sow dissent in targeted groups. Um, Anonymous letters or phone calls placed to leaders to encourage suspicion of other groups or group members. Bad jacketing. Uh, which is uh, a term used for the practice uh, you mentioned, Art, of spreading rumors that actual factual group members are working with law enforcement uh, and also strong-arming people associated to targeted group members to make their everyday lives difficult. The way this last tactic played out was the FBI or local police would threaten or intimidate people who could make activists' lives more difficult. Think, um, like, family members or landlords or employers. Uh, then uh, the the FBI or the police would have those people, the family members, employers, landlords, etc., cetera, um, do things to disrupt activists' private lives.
0: Given what we've talked about so far, this next tactic, you know, Probably isn't very surprising, right? The FBI also abused the legal system to harass focal subjects of COINTELPRO. No. <laughs> yes. Shocking. <laughs> the Bureau uh, employed a wide array of noble and totally legal methods. Oh. Uh, they fabricated evidence, which led to arrests based on false pretenses, which led to wrongful jailings of activists Mm, so legal uh fbi agents or local police also supplied um perjured testimony at activists' trial which is just a lawyerly way of saying that the, the the police lied under oath um the fbi also engaged in extensive surveillance of targets many of it you know Not even the slightest bit legal. (laughs) Aside from these direct acts, the FBI also used the power of actual laws to harass activists, such as recruiting the IRS to annually audit some COINTELPRO
1: targets. Now, listeners, I'm going to tell you right now about some of the unlawful uses of force committed by the FBI under the auspices of COINTELPRO. Uh, The FBI frequently collaborated with local police departments in COINTELPRO efforts, having the local officers conduct break-ins or warrantless searches of activists' homes. FBI agents and local police also attempted to intimidate COINTELPRO targets. If the Bureau couldn't achieve its goals just by threatening violence, they decided to go all in and do some violent things like beatings or assassinations. Mm, Listeners in Andy, Okay. Let's not forget that the FBI also
0: waged a war of public opinion on COINTELPRO targets, right? Mm-hmm. The FBI created damaging news stories aimed at swaying public opinion against targeted groups or people. The Bureau had connections to individuals working for reputable papers. So often uh, they could get these works of fiction printed. And if that didn't work, the FBI also created fake news, newspapers, fake news. And
1: printed the stories there. Sorry, excuse me, I was
0: burping. Uh, Hoping the legitimate news sources would then pick up the story and and use the fake one as a source, right? The FBI also produced a few fake documentaries trying to paint specifically the Black Panther Party as a hate organization. The FBI director at the time, the famous slash infamous J. Edgar Hoover circulated a memo to FBI field offices during this time that said the following quote purpose of counterintelligence action is to disrupt the black Panther party. And it is immaterial whether facts exist to substantiate the
1: change, the charge. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I could never work at the FBI cause I can't read. <laughs> you would never get these memos. Yeah. Um, all right, listeners, now that we know some key methods utilized by the FBI in pursuit of COINTELPRO, Let's talk about the history of the program. COINTELPRO operations officially began in August of 1956 at the height of Cold War communist hysteria. COINTELPRO's initial primary target was the Communist Party of the United States of America or CPUSA. The Church Committee, which as we've shared with you before, think back to MKUltra, for right. example, um, the Church Committee was a U.S. Senate committee formed in 1975 to investigate abuses by the FBI, CIA, NSA, IRS, ETC. Described the, uh, the Church Committee described the initiation of COINTELPRO in this way, quote, COINTELPRO began in 1956 in part because of frustration with Supreme Court rulings limiting the government's power to proceed overtly against dissident groups, end quote. Now, as we already discussed... Uh, in our Kennedy Bros episode, <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover wasn't a vowed anti-communist. Uh, combine Hoover's legendary paranoia with a tense global political environment, and you've got a recipe for an FBI crackdown on socialist and communist groups. And crackdown they did! The FBI's goal with the CPUSA
0: was to sow dissent, increase factionalism within the organization, and to encourage defections from the group. Right. Mm -hmm. The Bureau made use of most of its arsenal of methods against CPUSA, including heavily infiltrating the organization. In fact, the FBI was so successful that by 1957, CPUSA membership was under 10,000. And it's estimated that about 1,500 of those 10,000 members were FBI informants. (laughs) Two important FBI informants in the CPUSA were brothers Jack and Morris Childs. Childs, we'll call them by their FBI FBI code names.
1: Solo, ooh, so not sexy. to be confused with Han. No, no,
0: Jack and Morris Solo. That's right. <laughs> the Solo Bros were Chicago-based former CPUSA members when they were approached by the FBI in 1952 about infiltrating their organization
1: yeah and if i may uh interject here Art, oh please andy please uh as you can see uh pro type activities weren't limited to the time frame during which COINTELPRO pro was officially active now we're going to talk more about this in a bit but in this case the solo bros were recruited as part of an ongoing surveillance program even before COINTELPRO pro was officially underway
0: Okay, Andy, thanks. But back to the story I was trying to tell our listeners. all right. Jeez Louise. Uh, sorry. I
1: thought that was important.
0: The Solo Bros decided to take up the FBI on their little offer and use their connections to rejoin the CPUSA, but this time as informants. While CPUSA originally had relations with the Soviet Union, those ties eventually, you know, they became frayed and... In the early 1950s, CPUSA didn't really have an open line of communication to Moscow. With the FBI's help, though, Morris was able to reestablish CPUSA's link with the Soviet U- Union. Morris ended up making many trips to both the Soviet Union and China, reporting back on the communist governments to both the CPUSA and high-ranking U.S. government officials, including the president.
1: Wow. Wow. Now, uh, later, in October of 1956, so a mere two months after COINTELPRO operations officially began, J. Edgar Hoover reclassified the FBI's ongoing program of surveilling African-American leaders under the COINTELPRO banner. Art just mentioned that COINTELPRO was started as an anti-communist program. So how did it make the leap to civil rights? Well, based in part on information received from the aforementioned Solo Bros. Hoover became convinced that the civil rights movement was loaded with communists. Initially, the FBI targeted Bayard Rustin, a former CPUSA member and Stanley Levinson, an activist who the FBI believed was a major financial coordinator for the CPUSA in the early 1950s. The FBI had Levinson under surveillance by the solo bros. Rustin introduced Levinson to famed civil rights activist, Martin Luther King jr. In 1956. The FBI itself admits, based on its own surveillance, there's no evidence of ties between Levinson and CPUSA after 1957. Despite that, J. Edgar Hoover was certain that Levinson was using King as a pawn in the communist game plan to destroy the very fabric of American life.
0: Hoover even used these supposed ties to communism to get authority from none other than Famed pod, podcast subject, <laughs> former Attorney General, Bobby Kennedy.
1: Probably he's best known for his appearance
0: on our podcast. <laughs> well, he didn't appear. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we, talked it anyway. we talked about him. We talked about him. In spirit. <laughs> anyway, they got, uh, they got authority to wiretap King's phones. Uh, now, supposedly, Bobby only authorized limited wiretapping on a short-term basis, maybe a month. No matter how limited the approval was, Hoover took it as approval to wiretap anything that could pick up MLK's voice. The FBI bugged King's phone lines and hotel rooms where he stayed. At one point, MLK criticized the FBI for its uh, record on white terrorists. This led to Hoover publicly referring to King as the most notorious liar in the USA. The incident only lengthened Hoover's weird boner, for bringing down MLK,
1: that's right, Art. In fact, it led Hoover to stepping up efforts against MLK, with King becoming a major focal point of COINTELPRO operations. In mid 1967, the FBI started up a special COINTELPRO project called COINTELPRO Black Hate. A little on the nose, yeah, yeah. Not, uh, <laughs> not very covert. No, not a very, not a very imaginative name on that no. one. Um, COINTELPRO Black Hate was aimed at so-called black nationalist groups, which was uh, not very well defined by the FBI and basically included any group advocating for civil rights. Uh, One goal of this initiative was to prevent the rise of what the Bureau called a, quote, black messiah, end quote, who could unite the entire black nationalist movement. MLK was seen by the FBI as this potential messiah. That is... Only if he abandoned nonviolence and integration and instead advocated for violent separatism. During the time, the FBI used its extensive bugging of King's hotel rooms to compile audio tapes of King having extramarital affairs. The Bureau sent an anonymous package to MLK with the audio tapes and a letter urging him to take the quote, one way out, end quote, before his alleged true self was made known to the public. King was later informed that the tapes would be released to the media unless he committed suicide before receiving the Nobel Peace Prize. In addition to trying to convince
0: MLK to commit suicide, there is a suspicion uh, as well that the FBI was involved in King's assassination. Mm. Even after the assassination, the FBI continued to try to discredit MLK by diminishing his record and arguing against public holidays dedicated to King and against public celebrations of his life. Martin Luther King uh, wasn't the only Messiah candidate that the FBI focused on, though. The Bureau also targeted Stokely Carmichael, a activist who uh, who was the chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee or SNCC, like SNCC at night. SNICK at night. <laughs> uh, Carmichael was so abused by the FBI and the IRS that he fled to Africa in 1968, despite leaving the country. Carmichael continued to be surveilled uh, by the CIA for years as part of a CIA program tracking black activists overseas. And let's not forget about Malcolm X. Okay. The FBI was keen to sow dissent in the Nation of Islam organization because the Bureau felt like Malcolm X could unite black nationalist groups and didn't have the same predisposition to nonviolence that King or Carmichael did. The FBI used bad jacketing uh, techniques to ultimately create a rift that directly led to Malcolm X's assassination by members of
1: the Nation of Islam. Another favorite target of the FBI under COINTELPRO black hate was the Black Panther Party. In fact, the Black Panthers accounted for 233 of the 295 authorized COINTELPRO actions related to black nationalism. That's a big ratio. All this despite the fact that, in some cases, the FBI couldn't even find a good reason to undertake these actions. One example comes from 1969 in San Francisco. An FBI special agent writes J. Edgar Hoover that his investigation into the local Black Panther Party concluded that, at least in San Francisco, the Panthers were primarily engaged in feeding breakfast to children. The Black Panther Party was uh, somewhat famous for its Free Breakfast for Children program, which, as it sounds provided free breakfast to children. Hoover sent a memo to the agent implying that the agent's career goals were directly affected by his ability to supply evidence supporting Hoover's view that the Panthers were, quote, a violence-prone organization seeking to overthrow the government by revolutionary means, Uh, end quote. I'll mention, too, That Hoover even targeted the free breakfast program by going to donors to the program and trying to convince them to dissociate from the Panthers by spreading rumors or painting the Panthers as a pro-violence organization.
0: Listeners, this is a Chicago-based podcast. And where would an episode on corrupt police tactics be without a Chicago connection?
1: Chicago, (laughs) Chicago.
0: It's my kind of town. Uh, I'll show you around. I'll show you around.
1: Uh, We don't have to
0: answer that question today, Uh, luckily, because you better believe that COINTELPRO involves corrupt Chicago police. Fred Hampton was the chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. The FBI tried to stoke the flames of local tension in Chicago by pitting the Chicago Panthers against a street gang allied with the Panthers, alleging that Fred Hampton had a hit out on the leader of the street gang. When this fail, failed to result in Hampton's murder, the FBI turned to the trusty Chicago PD to finish the job. One of Hampton's bodyguards was a FBI informant uh, and shared the floor plan of Hampton's apartment with local police. The Chicago PD conducted a illegal raid on Hampton's apartment and, in the ensuing break-in, in break fired 90 bullets into Hampton's apartment, mostly at his bed. Hampton, by the way, had been drugged by his bodyguard prior to the raid and was unconscious the whole time. Chicago PD claimed that the Panthers opened fire first, which,
1: of course, was later proven to be... Wait for it. Not true. Wow. Um. So, listeners, the FBI did a bunch of horrible, illegal stuff and was actually kind of successful in its goals of stifling new-left activism. Given that Hoover was a powerful FBI director and that multiple presidential administrations were aware of COINTELPRO and did... Nothing to stop it. How is it that we know all this stuff today? Well, it's all in thanks to, you guessed it, an illegal (laughs) break-in. That's right. A group of eight activists known as the Citizens Commission to Investigate the FBI burgled a two-agent FBI field office in Media, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia, on March 8, 1971. Using the Joe Frazier Muhammad Ali uh, Muhammad Ali by the way himself a target of COINTELPRO uh, using the fight of the century as cover uh, the Citizens Commission to Investigate the FBI broke into the the field office stealing a trove of documents which were later gradually released to media outlets.
0: Now the identities of these burglars um, remained secret until 2014 when they were finally revealed. The the burglars um, even avoided being found by the FBI itself, which dedicated upwards of 200 agents at one point to finding the thieves. Um, when the documents were released and the news of the FBI's uh, excesses were aired, it was a severe black eye for the Bureau and, um, and J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover died in 1972. So he never really had to answer for any of his part in these schemes like COINTELPRO. But the documents obtained from the Pennsylvania office did help the Church Committee, which roundly criticized FBI practices and concluded that COINTELPRO overstepped statutory bounds and violated the rights of U.S. citizens.
1: And there it is, listeners. There you have it. The story of COINTELPRO. Or is it?
0: Well, actually...
1: Well, actually, Andy... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. put your glasses up on <laughs> higher on your nose when you do that.
0: Some people believe, even though COINTELPRO officially ceased operations, that the spirit of the program continues to exist even to this day.
1: Ah, a very good point, Art. Yes. You know, uh, between the official end of COINTELPRO and the church committee hearings, uh, so we're talking 1972 to 1974 here, the FBI opened over... 2,000 pieces of personal mail and placed warrantless bugs over 500 times. After the church committee concluded, reforms were put in place to better define the FBI's scope and powers and to limit the Bureau's ability to engage in domestic spying. Reforms took a hit during the Reagan administration with implementation of counterterrorism guidelines that had similarities to COINTELPRO methods. Some even suggest that COINTELPRO came back for good in 1994 in the form of the Department of Justice's Community-Oriented Policing Program, or COPS. COPS seeks to enhance police force effectiveness by aligning police with the communities they serve. Some see this as the police recruiting civilian spies to tattle on their neighbors so any perceived bad actors can then be harassed by the police. Now, Andy
0: and the listeners, you dear... Sweet, sweet listeners, let's not forget about 9-11. Never forget, never forget. The 9-11 attacks led to a reversal on many of the reforms enacted in the wake of the Church Committee, specifically the USA PATRIOT Act. And here's something a lot of people don't know, Andy. USA PATRIOT, in this context, is actually an acronym for Uniting and Strengthening America by providing appropriate tools required to intercept and obstruct terrorism. Now that's a goddamn acronym. Now that's a
1: hell of an acronym. USA! USA!
0: <laughs> we fucking, we hit acronyms hard. <laughs> the bottom line is, though, Andy, the Patriot Act made domestic spying easier, and investigations have found that the FBI regularly exceeds even this expanded authority.
1: Even to this day, there are things happening that have a COINTELPRO-like flair to them. Consider the case of Rakem Balagun, a Texas-based activist who is frequently critical of police brutality. Balagoon was, uh, participated in a protest against police brutality in 2015, which is when the FBI allegedly began surveilling him. Finally, in 2017, the FBI arrested Balagun under charges of domestic terrorism, the FBI filed these charges on the basis that Balagoon was illegally in possession of firearms, which Balagoon denies. Balagoon was jailed for five months and eventually all charges were dropped because the government couldn't prove that he was prohibited from possessing a firearm.
0: For some context, the FBI released in, a, in, in 2017 a memo, right, which was eventually leaked to the public, which warns of the dangers of so-called black identity extremists. The memo warns that the way these black identity extremists perceive police brutality against African-Americans may lead to an increase in premeditated violence against law enforcement. Now, Rakeem Balagoon was, you know, the first person arrested who classified as who was classified as a uh, as a black identity extremist. Many believe the FBI memo basically brings the Black Lives Matter movement Um, under the scope of COINTELPRO-like tactics. As an interesting note here, the FBI memo was released just days before the infamous and deadly white supremacist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. A similar memo covering uh, white identity extremists either does not exist or has yet to be leaked.
1: Now, as we know, COINTELPRO officially ended in 1971, and J. Edgar Hoover died in 1972. Those are the facts. These are also facts, though. In the time since the end of COINTELPRO, the FBI has continued to overstep its authority and has continued to infringe on the rights of U.S. citizens. Is there a legitimate reason for the FBI to take these actions? Is the FBI keeping Americans safe or simply repressing views that upset the status quo? Can we really say that COINTELPRO was abandoned? In closing, we leave you with this quote uttered by j edgar hoover he was referring to communism when he said this by the way i quote yet the individual is handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous he cannot believe it exists the american mind simply has not come to a realization of the evil which has been introduced into our midst It rejects even the assumption that human creatures could espouse a philosophy which must ultimately destroy all that is good and decent.
0: Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief
1: message. Hey listeners, this is Andy. This is not an ad, this is a compliment. If you're out there cooking dinner, working with ingredients, good for you. Great job. If you feel so inclined... Why not, when you're done cooking, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks, listeners.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. That was our research into the topic of Cointelpro. Or, as I sometimes say in my head, Pro.
1: <laughs> We've all said that in our heads, sure.
0: <laughs>
1: Cointelpro sounds like a really good coin star machine <laughs> it does it also kind of sounds like a latin phrase <laughs> ah Cointel pro? yeah ah, i've seen that written Cointel in legal pro. documents
0: quid pro crow quid Cointel pro crow, crow.
1: <laughs> quid pro crow
0: <laughs> that's where you give someone a crow for a
1: favor right <laughs> yeah they give you something you give them a crow
0: <laughs> which you should not have as pets don't send me on another bird rant andy
1: okay listeners we gotta we gotta move on people we gotta get so upset when i go, go let's talk about cointel pro <laughs> so cointel
0: pro uh boy andy blanket thoughts we always kind of start the discussion with some blanket thoughts on it i mean you know maybe it's just the cynic in me and mm. i'm sure the cynic in you but it doesn't really shock me or surprise me it's not you sh- know we've already done research into mk ultra so this is kind of i'm not i'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's, like, a bad, not a bad thing. I'm just saying it's not shocking. Um, I'm not sitting here going,
1: oh, my God. It's not shocking that it happened. Um, you know, I don't think that it's, like, such a surprise that the FBI would, you know, abuse its authority like this. Yeah. But I do think that uh, what was maybe surprising was the, I don't know, the uh, the tenacity which they the like the targeting of certain groups. It's like, I'll be honest. They fucking, they're good at their jobs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one thing that you could say about COINTELPRO. Like, like no matter what you think about it, like the FBI was Man, actually it's easy pretty successful to
0: infiltrate a group. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so easy to show up. Hey, I'm part of the group. Yeah. Right. I want to join. Okay. Okay. Cool. Sounds good, dude. Yeah. <laughs> as long as nobody finds out you're like feeding information To the FBI, you're probably okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is like every uh, mafia, every gangster movie ever. Eventually, someone starts, I guess a little different, but, you know, this is, or like The Departed, which I think was loosely based on real stuff.
1: um,
0: I'm sure you've never seen The Departed. I've seen
1: it. You have? I've seen it. That's a movie I've seen. I
0: like that movie a lot. I used to watch it like every day every day and i would like fall asleep to
1: it which is a very weird oh. movie to fall asleep to you know what you sound like me like you you watched it like you watched night.
0: gladiator yeah it's gladiator no i would take after school naps
1: oh not at night oh i would turn gladiator on at night and a lot of times i would like fall asleep as like russell crowe is like wiping snot on his like hanged wife's feet you know that scene
0: <laughs> i don't remember it Particularly, it's been a while since I've seen Gladiator. Yeah.
1: Are you not entertained? Yeah, we'd never make it that far. (laughs)
0: Ah. Oh, it's me, Russell Crowe. I'm Russell Crowe. Are you not entertained? Uh. (laughs) Me, Kermit. Are you not entertained, Miss Piggy? Shut up, frog! (laughs) Hey, if anyone out there wants to hire a Kermit and Miss Piggy impersonator... (laughs) Andy and I are your guys. Art and
1: I have so many outfits and so much body paint.
0: It ain't easy being green. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, <laughs> as I'm saying, you know, it, it's like that in the movies where eventually someone just starts squeaking to the police uh, yeah. or the FBI. The FBI infiltrates these people, but uh, a lot of times, you know, what'll happen is they'll They'll let crime keep going. Yeah. You know, they'll let someone continue to commit crimes or they'll have their agent, their undercover agent, like the undercover agent has to like keep continuing to commit crimes to kind of fit in. Yeah. Uh, and they'll overlook that in order to get the bigger fish, right?
1: Yeah. I uh, I read a story while doing the research um, right. for COINTELPRO about um, an activist group that ended up um, like committing like arson, basically, like they burned down a building. But uh the group ended up not being held responsible for it because they couldn't have pulled off this crime without the information and stuff supplied to them by the FBI informant in right. the ranks. Right. So it's like they did this thing that the FBI thought they were gonna like hook them on because it's like they did this, but it turned out like you know, somebody somebody was able to figure out that the person was an informant. And so it's like they couldn't they wouldn't have done it if it weren't for the FBI. Yeah. And there's and the and I'll say this, too, like talking about communists. Like, it's funny to me that CPUSA, like after World War Two, like they really didn't have like a link to to Moscow. Yeah, they sucked. Like they were kind of they were kind of on their own they, a little they're bit like. like well, we lost connection to the. <laughs> and then the FBI man, like helps sets it back up again. <laughs> like I mean, it ended up that like thanks this, guys. Like Morris Childs did all this. Like he traveled back and forth between like Russia and China and the U.S. and he was bringing back information on these governments to the U.S. government. But um, you know, it's funny. It's like 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 the CPUSA may have just died on the vine. Yeah. If the FBI hadn't gotten involved. Right. And then it's like. T- out of 10,000 members, 1,500 of them, like 15% of your membership is <laughs> is the FBI. I even read a quote uh, from a, like a federal prosecutor who – like I'm just paraphrasing here where he basically was saying that like the – the fbi essentially was like paying the dues to keep these like these organizations <laughs> they're, alive they're keeping the lights like on. yeah yeah like they're <laughs> like they have so they've so like heavily infiltrated that they make up most of the member paying the dues paying members uh sir um
0: the numbers are in the cpo is stronger than ever um they have top of the line facilities we gave them <laughs> I mean, we gave them all we're the best 90, equipment. We're
1: 90% of the membership. 90% of
0: the membership is the <laughs> FBI. At this point, we're um, we're about to motion in a uh, an article into our bylaws to just change the name to the FBI.
1: <laughs> basically, CPUSA is now an FBI field the, office. The,
0: <laughs> communist, the communist wing of the FBI. Yeah, we're all
1: communists now, by the way. Great work. Uh, this is my J. Edgar Hoover impression. Good work, boys. Good work, boys. I have no idea. That's, I, I don't know
0: what he sounds like either. That's
1: a good point. I should have listened to it. I'm
0: sure Leonardo DiCaprio did some research for his role as J. Edgar Hoover in the movie. Edgar. J Edgar. Hoover. Hoover. I remember yes. A very boring movie. No, I've see seen it. it multiple times and um
1: Is that one you used to fall asleep to?
0: <laughs> no. I used to uh I used to program direct movies you remember for my college. Oh, right, right, right. You remember that. And yeah. uh, that was when Hoover came out. And oh. Hoover is one of the ones we picked.
1: Oh, so you had to watch it a couple of times. I should. Yeah, I
0: seen it like three times, I think. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Andy, I don't remember. Did we get to your blanket statements? I mean.
1: Uh, I'm going to say blanket statements. Um, I agree with you. It's not totally shocking. Yeah. But. Um, but i do think that it's like it's it's things like the black panther party that it's like weird the way that the that the fbi went about attacking them like it's like hoover gets these weird inclinations toward things like yeah he got a weird thing about communists and then it's like he got a weird thing about martin luther king jr
0: yeah it was like almost like a um Like a game to him where he just had to win. Yeah, yeah. No matter what.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's worthwhile. I mean, this is not in the script because J. Edgar Hoover's personal history is not really a part of uh, COINTELPRO. But uh, I think it's kind of worthwhile, like, providing some context on, like, his life.
0: Yeah, you love to discuss J. Edgar Hoover. (laughs) You think he's a fascinating guy.
1: He's a a character for sure. Um, Like, here's here's just some, some things about him. Sure. So, he lived his entire life in Washington, D.C. He was born there. He went to school there. Wow. He died there. Wow. Like he lived entirely his whole life in Washington. So that's kind of weird. Like, yeah, I mean, like, like the ultimate insider, I guess. Um, his career, like if we can talk about his career for a little bit. Um, so he got, a, he got a law degree um, it, from George Washington. Okay. University. Uh, and started working at the Department of Justice uh, right away. Um, he got hired in the War Emergency Division in uh, 1917. Uh, the job, by the way, that paid $990 a year. Is uh, that a lot for the time? And then It would be $19,400 in today's money. Oh, that's not a lot. Not pretty much. Um, but he did get draft exemption. <laughs> um, so uh, he... He was, uh, eventually, he became the division's, uh, the head of the division's alien enemy bureau. Now,
0: which, this is not George Sukulos aliens.
1: And right. This is, uh, this is um, migrants. Right. Immigrants. Um, so, he was uh, authorized by President Wilson uh, at the beginning of World War I to arrest and jail allegedly disloyal foreigners without a trial. <laughs> so that's that's how he cut his teeth. <laughs> so like, okay, it explains a lot. This is starting off uh, on the bad foot. Yeah. Um. So he got additional authority, uh, for this in the night. You know, with the passage of the 1917 Espionage Act. Um, and a fun fact: out of a list of 1,400 suspicious Germans living in the U.S. Uh the war emergency division uh arrested ninety eight and designated one thousand one hundred seventy two as arrestable. So almost the entire list they wow. determined were subject of arrest. It's
0: like a really shitty version of a hot or not uh website. <laughs> yeah,
1: right, exactly.
0: <laughs> arrestable or not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a terrible He's fucking swiping right on rate, all these Rate, Germans. My, <laughs> rate my German <laughs> dot com. Yeah. How many chili peppers? It's das Tinta. Does arrester. To our, ger- to our die ger- arrester to our German listeners. Of uh, which there's probably not many a few, uh, <laughs> sure, uh We said to you, uh Welcome Welcome. Welcome. Vanderbar. <laughs> uh so then uh he he got to be the head of the <laughs> Bureau of Investigations General <laughs> <laughs> Intelligence Division. Okay, we've got to- uh,
0: which you've if- got Hans, age 24. He's <laughs> <who's laughs> listening to the hottest big band records right now on his <laughs> Spotify. What?
1: Is this Hoover? Yeah. In his German accent? Well, I don't know. Who this is. <laughs> I don't know why he's a German accent. <laughs> somebody, oh no, somebody's in this. Somebody hacked right, the mainframe.
0: read his little bio here. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, he likes to. Uh, Eat currywurst. Wood arrest. One hundred percent. Wood
1: arrest. Swipe right. Okay. Next. <laughs> um. But but then eventually Hoover becomes the head of uh the General Intelligence Division for the Bureau of Investigation, which was known as the Radical Division Ooh. because it's it and was not radical by skateboarding. No, this is not a skateboarding term. Yeah. Uh, it was supposed to monitor and disrupt domestic radicals. Uh, so this was at the height of the. A first red scare in the United States, so like immediately following the Bolshevik Revolution in the right. USSR. Uh, so um, Hoover was was like like on the forefront of the initial thrust to like beat back communists in this country. No, uh, I mean Andy, you're a bit of a history buff.
0: Definitely, I will say this, even though I'm such a vain, self-centered person, um, much more <laughs> so than I uh thank you that's (laughs) incredibly
1: what an honor coming
0: you know if you want to sit here and talk about uh you know lore as it pertains to obscure polish fantasy novels i'm your guy but uh if you want to talk about history or um you know math i think you're the guy to go to wow math Wow, you know you're good with like that's taxes and wow confusing math
1: everything's bigger in taxes
0: <laughs> what do you think about the, the sort of early communism scare because it's a different landscape than it is today right you have you have the communist party gaining a lot of power in in big nations where they could very well be um global threats to both the U.S. and the other allied forces. Um, so what do you make of, like, do you think it's, I don't want to use the word justified, but because I can't think of another word, do you think it's justified in their sort of like, we need to be fearful of communism in this early stages of the Red Scare?
1: Well, I mean, one thing that I think is- Disregarding key, maybe the tactics they used, but like just a general over the, over high concept picture yeah. of it. I mean, here's here's something to keep in mind. In the U.S., there are really two red scares. There was... Clifford the Big Red Dog. (laughs) Yeah. When Clifford came to life, that's number one. And number two is when the Western Kentucky University (laughs) Hilltopper mascot came to life and was shot by an embiggening ray and began attacking Western Kentucky. They don't talk about that in the history books ever. (laughs) That's that's the real conspiracy. (laughs) No, there was... Immediately following the the Bolshevik res- revolution, like in the 1920s, there was a big red scare. In uh, this we ran completely out of big red gum in the U.S. Uh, Wrigley couldn't print enough of it. And good riddance, I say, cinnamon yeah. gum can <laughs> suck can a dick. Gum, <laughs> that gum can jump off a bridge. <laughs> um, but the people were there was a lot of there was a lot of governmental concern that. You know, it happened. It happened in Russia, the Soviet Union, like the fall of the uh, the monarchy there. And there was a fear that that these these uh, winds could sweep into the United States, and you know, with um, w- what we can only describe as like historically terrible working conditions, uh, yeah, like they. they- <laughs> It wasn't fun to live in the Soviet Union. No, I mean, and and workers in this country didn't also have like similar protections and stuff. So, you know, with increases in labor movements, like there was a real fear at the government level that um, communism would take hold and uh, there would be a revolution. Mm -hmm. Um, So that led to some of these more um, draconian like tactics um, that were utilized, uh, you know, the second Red Scare was like in the 1950s, like post-war. Sure. Um, McCarthyism. And that's where we got McCarthyism sure. Uh, and stuff. And, um, you know, Hoover grew up, like we just said, cutting his teeth, like cracking down on communists in the first Red Scare. So the second Red Scare was probably like second nature to him. I don't think it's... It seems like he never left that world. Like right. that. That he became... Like that quote at the end of the, the research, like he becomes convinced that communists have infiltrated every sphere of it's American It's like a confirmation
0: life. bias kind of thing. Right. He's like, seeing communism everywhere or like how my grandparents were raised during the Great Depression, and thus they were incapable of ever um, spending money or doing anything fun. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or
0: expressing love.
1: <laughs> okay. Well- I'm just sure. Joking. Oh yeah, boy. Uh, well, that's this week's episode. Uh, yeah, but I think you're right. It's like he he got to this point where he he saw communism everywhere, right? And it's like he felt like he felt like like there was a huge communist conspiracy to bring down the United States government. Okay, uh, and so. The tactics that he employed, like the reason he went so hard against communists is because he thought that it was legitimately a threat. And it's like, you know, I hope this doesn't sound like justification of anything, but it seems like his leap then from communists to civil rights activists was sort of the same thing. There were like... There were a lot of the same kind of people that he was that he to his vision like he saw communists there. It was like a Venn diagram, right? There like was overlap. there was over there was overlap. There were communists people who may have been part of the
0: civil rights movement may have also been part of communist mm-hmm. movements,
1: <laughs> right? Pe- yeah, people who were advocating Doesn't mean everybody, yeah, people who were advocating for workers' rights may have also <laughs> been advocating <laughs> for civil rights yeah. uh, or may have been protesting against uh, the Vietnam War, right? Not a so, hard jump. So, I mean it's like there was there was probably a lot of overlap in the people, but it's like he he felt like these groups were sowing unrest in the United States right. and it was all designed to like subvert the government and bring it down and like replace it with a communist government that could be ultimately controlled by the Soviet Union. Rather than just amend it. Right, right. Not that not that this you know you know, not that the you know, the Soviets were like, let's spread communism around <laughs> because we think it's good. Yeah, it's like I mean, he made the logical leap to say that this is a calculated plan to like take over our government by a hostile foreign power, right? Um, that said, I don't think that they found a whole lot of evidence that no. <laughs> anything
0: like that was going on. No, and I mean, we eventually <laughs> toppled the. Well, the Soviet Union kind of toppled itself, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, we. I mean, we put play. pressure on them, but sure. but if you really look into the history of the Soviet Union, which especially during its collapse, they were fucking like, I mean, they had unrest in all the, they knew the properties that they had, like all these other countries that had their own nationalistic identities, like all these other Slavic countries that wanted independence. And it was just like, it was a shit. I mean, it was bad. (laughs) Yeah. And eventually like a new, I forget his name, but the new president kind of, Rose to power and he basically just kind of like was like, Yeah, we're gonna get rid of that, we're gonna ax that. Gorbachev? Axe. No, it Yel- was bef- yeah. Yeltsin? Yeah. It was before or Gorbachev. Was Yeltsin? I think it was well, Yeltsin. No, Yeltsin was after Gorbachev. Or after. I can't remember. I watched a video on it, but now I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bad I, I struggle with retaining information. But anyway. Um, you know, I do think though again, really attest to how cool and what a great leader Martin Luther King Jr. was. I mean, yeah. Can you imagine getting fucking bundles in the mail from the government
1: selling telling you to kill yourself? Well, to be fair, he didn't know for sure that it was from the government at the time. Oh, right. they, they came anonymously, so he didn't know exactly who... There was wasn't the like was. a little sticker in there that I said, mean, like, I'm from your sh- friends at the FBI. Yeah. The, the FBI return address at the top.
0: Really interesting, too. I think we got to talk quickly or briefly about the connection to our friend, Bobby Kennedy, Bobby K, Bobby.
1: Hey man, not cool. Bobby was a big uh, advocate of the civil rights movement. Yeah. And, but then. and uh, you know what happened essentially with this whole wiretap. I mean like how they got these recordings is uh, Hoover goes to, to, to Bobby Kennedy, who's the attorney general at the time. And he's telling him that like, he thinks that, um, this the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, which was the which was like Martin Luther King was the primary like person in that organization, right? At the time, and you know it's like he said this this it, this organization is completely infiltrated by communists. It's uh, a threat to this government, and we need to find out what Martin Luther King's up to. So, Bobby authorized like a limited wiretapping right. of his phones. He's and, like, all right, just, you know, just, you know, so what, what, what Bob, he, he didn't
0: authorize fucking sending Martin Luther King Jr.'s wife recordings of MLK <laughs> talking to other women saying like, he's cheating on you. Right,
1: right. He didn't authorize <laughs> any of that stuff. I mean, really, it attests to their
0: strength as a family and um, to him as a leader, I I could never, you know, to stand that immense pressure. Yeah. Oh, any normal person would crumble.
1: Yeah. He just, and he like endured it and didn't even like give in like, and won. Yeah. Well, in know, in a way, in a way I mean, yeah, he was assassinated. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what I mean by when right, eventually right, the right.
0: civil rights movement kind of ha- had, um, his, his memory not
1: diminished. Right. By he has, you
0: know, he's got monuments. He has a national holiday. Right. Like, <laughs> like,
1: like Hoover, Hoover has the building the FBI lives in. And right. Some people think they should change the name of it still. Yeah. <laughs> um, But um, no, I mean, uh, like Bobby basically authorized this on sort of like a trial basis. And you know what, what Bobby's uh, supporters will say is that his goal was that he authorized Hoover to do it because he was so certain that Hoover would not find any evidence of communist infiltration that it would completely then just like the whole thing would just go away. That like Hoover would look into this the slightest bit and find there was no evidence at all of communist infiltration and it would just go away. But of course, Hoover took it and completely blew it out. And like you said, went way overboard with it, even to the point of encouraging Martin Luther King to commit suicide.
0: Right. Um, And I think it also should be mentioned, not just Bobby Kennedy, every fucking president while this thing uh, was, officially going on and we can well let's let's cut it off in the early 70s and then i think because then from there on we have to then talk about a higher concept which is is this still going on today but we'll we'll save that for a moment and that's going to be the basis of our kind of our rating and our review right but we
1: can't we can't we can't issue a verdict on cointel pro because it's a fact
0: right it's a it fact. happened it's like MKUltra. where we're going to say right. like is it still going on today we're gonna that's about, the about is it happening still right yeah. but every single president used it <laughs> and this
1: time to just spy on whoever the fuck they wanted. And and Nixon used it on everybody. Nixon on everybody. <laughs> like LBJ used it on... Oh yeah, Goldwater. Yeah, on Barry Goldwater. Or no, that was Nixon. Or, uh, well, N- LBJ used it on, a, on his opponent in the 64 election. Right. Um, on his like staff members and stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, LBJ said about Hoover that it was better to have him inside the tent pissing out than outside the tent pissing in. Oh yeah. Um, like uh LBJ Nixon, to piss on tents. Guy, if you get him in a tent, Hoover's going to piss on something. Uh LBJ, uh obviously Kennedy made use of his services, uh was aware of COINTELPRO. Um Dwight Eisenhower, Harry Truman, even FDR, uh was using um Hoover to spy on uh people that were like deemed as dangerous during World War II. So like yeah. so like COINTELPRO's roots go back to like the very like from the very beginning for who And we're getting into a discussion of like just
0: surveillance of citizens in general. Yeah. And the, and this is that's a where this huge goes. Huge topic. I mean sure. there's so much to discuss with this, but um
1: like the like this is all part of like some of the stuff that you know, like that. That Edward Snowden like oh, revealed yeah. the NSA's excesses. Oh yeah. I, I got mean, some
0: information on that when we if when once we, get we start to talking problem. about so, higher concept stuff.
1: But it's like even, you know, in, in the past, even there's been massive illegal surveillance oh, yeah. on US citizens. Yeah. I Anybody mean, that's suspected to have some connection to some movement or some particular philosophy, um, you know, uh uh one of the burglars for uh, that that burgled the the FBI field office that right. blew this whole thing up. She was uh, she was a mother. She had children, and she took a child. She had a child on her back uh, and while she were, burgled the office. No, no. Oh, and it, they were you know she was an activist.
0: Wow, I gotta say you're a fucking shitty thief. You bring a baby to a burglary, <laughs> or
1: you are a great mom, Art. <laughs> Fuck you for that opinion. Uh, hey,
0: there's a funny sketch SNL. Okay, you guys want to do that skit? Okay It's thieves And she brings the baby to it Cause she couldn't find a sitter Am I right uh,
1: Lauren Markles Are you listening <laughs> It's just a little contrived uh, I'll give you One million dollars for it <laughs> Great Bring back my shoe <laughs> You remember TV Funhouse Yeah The dog steals the Bring back my shoe <laughs> TV I might be one house. of the few
0: comedians though that TV didn't grow house. up watching SNL. I wasn't allowed to watch it and I didn't grow up watching the Simpsons either. We've wow. discussed that. Yeah.
1: Um yeah, the real conspiracy is why Art couldn't watch the Simpsons growing up. Hmm. Meanwhile, I make at least one reference every episode, probably. And I and it goes probably over my the head. average is maybe more than that.
0: <laughs> I mean, but but uh, as far as surveillance go, I mean people make jokes about it nowadays, even today. It's like it's common knowledge now. Oh, wait. People people joke about like, "Oh, I got
1: put on a list." I was going to say the activist, the the Oh, right, the activist. The Citizens Committee to Investigate the FBI. Yeah, uh, the mother. Yeah, Bonnie Rains. She had she had her child on her back at an anti-war protest. And the police were there and took her picture and took a picture of her child. Like she said they took a picture, then took a picture of the child. Like, they were just there photographing activists. Yeah. Like, it's wild. Yeah. Like, just getting your picture on file so that you can, like, so that they can target you later for stuff. Yeah. You
0: get put on a list. Yeah. Um. Well, Andy, are there any other, um, I feel like there's two discussions to be had here and we're kind of in the middle of the historical discussion. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about J. Edgar Hoover or if there's anything else you want to say about
1: the, the,
0: Just the history of his, Bur- his, historical a con-
1: little more you got a lot of gas today oh, ate
0: before. Uh.
1: you okay? Yeah. Alright good a little more historical context on uh, COINTELPRO. Sure like from a tactical side uh, COINTELPRO sort of uh, grows up like in the late '50s and into the early '70s, um, with the increased militarization of police forces in this country mm-hmm. in the U.S., um, so like just some historical perspective on that. In in like think about the 1930s. Okay. Um, there were uh, especially in the Midwest, a, like a rash of bank robberies. Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and John Dillinger. John Dillinger. Um, these these bank robbers and their Johnny gangs Depp johnny depp yep you know him you love him robbed a lot of banks in the 30s uh they they terrorized you know banks in the midwest uh stealing money and um they were they were they out-armed local police they had them outgunned tommy guns they had faster cars than them fast that's how that's how nascar started yeah prohibition yeah exactly so like these were these were people who were Basically criminals that were technologically superior to the police force. Right. So Hoover at the time in the 30s pressed for the government to reclassify bank robberies as a federal offense so that the FBI could take it over. Right. And uh, they had a few like embarrassing hiccups when they initially took it over. But then they kind of like pulled out all the stops to like arrest these um, bank robbers and stuff. And it's like eventually they start like using like post war, they start using like military tactics and getting like military grade equipment. And then that becomes like part of the you know, the FBI is the top police agency and eventually that like makes its way into the practice of local police forces. Right. And so they start you know, police start gradually adopting it's like less about like police work and more about like it's it's more like military training and stuff and so this uh the pro kind of coincides with uh this increased militarization of the police force which i think you could say probably now like the police forces in in uh this country are very militarized yeah i mean they have a lot of military type equipment
0: certain it i mean it depends on where you're located for yeah, sure yeah
1: um, yeah i mean my little hometown doesn't yeah, not have doesn't have a you don't beam, have an armored vehicle armored vehicle but like <laughs> i mean it's crazy i i remember reading about a police officer killed in columbus ohio uh and the police had this like armored like personnel truck that's, right that's basically like military grade yeah and this guy gets shot by somebody he's like riding in the turret yeah at the top and it's like what do they need a turret for? What are they gonna <laughs> find? like well, I think
0: you'd be surprised. I mean you look at situations like uh North Hollywood bank robbery and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or um somebody like I mean, I think Waco was a shit show, but yeah, you look at Waco where there's just a bunch of people in a fucking compound that just have like all these crazy um weapons, and you're just like, well, fuck, like you can't send. You can't send normal police officers after that. Yeah. You gotta bring in um uh like higher level SWAT teams and things like that.
1: Yeah, but it's like, you know, I don't know. I question the like need for this. I, I mean, question the need for it. Yeah. I I've And I, the philosophy behind
0: it. Yeah. Um I saw a video once of uh like a police raid in Russia. It's just kind of kind of funny how they. It's just like how they do things different. Like it's just like in Russia, there was a gunman or someone held up in a building, and they just like roll up in a fucking tank. <laughs> and not only are they firing the turret part of the tank, like the 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 uh, the machine gun part of the tank, like at the building, they eventually just fire the actual cannon at the fucking building. <laughs> just like that's how the, that's yeah. how Spetnaz is going to take or whatever the fuck is going to take care of it. Yeah, jeez Louise.
1: And it's like in in like. Have you ever seen like European police, like videos of European police? Wee -wee woo wee. wee wee Uh you know, it's like I, I don't know, I saw something that was like in Sweden, um, where there was like a person with a knife. Yeah. And it's like I don't know the video was funny to me cuz I was like there's no way this would ever happen in the United States. There's like <laughs> there's like four or five police officers like surrounding this person and they have like no weapons. Yeah. And so it's like the person's got a knife and they're like they can only focus on one person so like the police officer in the front like gets a little bit closer and they start like going with the knife and then somebody jumps on from the back <laughs> and they just like then another person another police officer jumps I mean, on
0: I don't know why they don't have like non-lethal things. Like you could easily tase someone, and then yeah, that's that would, it.
1: That's ending. and I
0: mean, there's. I I don't know the statistics on tasers,
1: but it's so American that it's yeah. like we like other countries. But like that's they, dangerous to jump on someone
0: with a knife. Yeah, it is for sure. Even as like a trained police officer, like I think you'd be shocked at like the the reaction time is so like little between like. What you know, like yeah, pe- people think that stuff, like just because you're trained in stuff, sometimes like you have this like cheat code. But it's yeah, like, but it's it's still nothing it's, in life ever just happens that fast. Still a human past. being. That that person could easily take that knife and just yeah get him in the jugular a couple times real quick.
1: Yeah, but it's like it's so it's funny to me. It's like in Sweden they probably they probably don't have tasers because it's just like they don't consider that to be like humane. Yeah, uh, and then it's like or even in this, like rubber or stun gas <laughs> in this country. It's like, we don't have tasers cause we don't have the budget for it. We'll just give you a gun. We got plenty <laughs> of guns.
0: <laughs> well, A lot of actually, I think actually a lot of police forces have tasers.
1: No, it's um, just funny that it's like every officer will have a gun. Well, it's yeah. like, you know, like in Chicago, like not every officer has a taser. Like every officer has a gun though. It's just like, so American.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, now I think Andy, we should discuss I guess the question of is this still going on, but it, it's kind of hard to just say, like, is the actual program COINTELPRO, because it's probably not that program, but it's it's probably some kind of, like, it's in a similar vein, right?
1: Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, it's not necessarily called that, but... Yeah, COINTELPRO died officially in 1971. Right. But... But... um No, it's this, um you know, like there have been a lot of things in the time since COINTELPRO pro ended like i mean as we said in the research like even immediately in the wake of it the fbi like ahead of the church committee <laughs> hearings opened 2000 pieces of mail and yeah uh bugged illegally 500 different uh like targets um i don't know it's it's uh obviously there were some measures taken after the church committee uh, laws were passed. Really what it was is like there's attorney general's guidelines um, that kind of helped define the scope of what the FBI can do. Mm-hmm. And that all got refined and they sort of like redefined what the FBI could do and w- what kind of surveillance they could undertake. And, um, you know, uh, that got, that got repealed. That kind of got like – it either people either don't use it today or it just is kind of ignored like during after nine eleven um the attorney general um whose name is escaping me right now, you know him he was the one that sang that song like about the eagle on eagle's wings or whatever it was
0: uh I mean I was like ten years old after nine eleven uh, so he's
1: Ashcroft <laughs> am i is that it?
0: I probably oh. would not know the name of the attorney general in 2001
1: Uh hold on, hold on listeners we'll uh we'll get this for you uh Janet Reno No John, John Ashcroft? Ashcroft John Ashcroft that's yeah. it Um so yeah John Ashcroft um same what on the arms of an angel? On the wings of an eagle I think is on what the song is called. On the arms
0: of an angel
1: He did as fly away <laughs> with me him uh, and Sarah McLaughlin yeah, they duetted. did a duet. Uh if you haven't if you hadn't if you haven't heard that song, uh <laughs> go ahead and listen to it. Look yeah. it up, Google it. Uh it's on YouTube. Um but um you know, after 9-11 he sort of like repealed, like revised the Attorney General's guidelines uh to m- increase the scope, widen the scope of what the FBI could do right. in terms of domestic surveillance on US citizens. And uh, you know, the USA Patriot Act uh furthered that and it's kinda like now, today, um, you know, it's we're sort of in another. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's almost like a very COINTEL pro like situation. Like every administration. It's like a meme now. Yeah. Every administration's aware of it, but they do really nothing to curtail it. I mean, I mean
0: the you, Snowden shit dropped and everyone was like, wait, what? And yeah. it's like, yeah, like. NSA's I mean, like, sure, we do that. Yeah. We've been doing that forever. <laughs> and, 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 you know, they've they collect metadata on you. In a lot of different ways, so that's kind of how, in some ways, they skirt around it. Is they, um, they don't necessarily collect like hard information. They may, they might not be like infiltrating a, your whatever and like reading your fucking mail, but they collect digital footprints and metadata on you that can yeah. pinpoint where you are. So it's like locations. It's like things like. Um,
1: Uh, There's like a, Uh, there's like a technique that police use. Like um, I saw this uh, specifically with like Chicago PD um, doing this with uh, respect to uh, Black Lives Matter activists. Like whenever they, you know, they, they scour Facebook and stuff to look for like events and things so they can get wind of like uh, when there's going to be planned demonstrations or whatever. And they have this truck that they drive along near the protest that like intercepts, like it basically mimics a cell phone tower. So all of the cell phone traffic goes to the truck before it goes out. So they can like then intercept. And like, that's basically like very illegal (laughs) because, because they don't know what they're going to get. They don't have like warrants uh, to search these people. And you know, the, the probable cause is questionable at best.
0: Um, there's things like the five eyes, nine eyes, and 14 eyes, um, which is more a global surveillance, um, which is probably a topic in and of itself. Right. Um, and I mean, it's just kind of like a, like, it's like,
1: it,
0: I don't know. It's just kind of like a meme nowadays, right? Like, it's just like, yeah, yeah. you're being (laughs) surveyed. Like, I mean, the joke is that like Alexa is listening to you, right? Or Google Home or whatever the fuck they're called. It is. And it is. And are they necessarily listening to you? Probably not. Do they have the capacity to do it? Yeah. I mean, I think they've even, people like Google have even said that. Like, yeah, we have the ability to do that. It's not hard. Yeah. It's got a fucking microphone in it. It's connected to the internet. What do you think? We
1: all all have these little computers in our pocket. And you know, as well as I do, you say something and then it shows up. uh, You get an ad for it. Right. I mean, in the truest American sense, like that's really what happens. You're being completely surveilled by everything in your life. Yeah. And it's really only being used to help sell you something (laughs) to like feed you advertising that people think... Might connect
0: with you. Right. <laughs> right. Um
1: Or infringe on your freedoms.
0: Um Yeah, I mean, it's I guess it's kind of I didn't realize this what it, like kind of a moot discussion point it is.
1: What? Surveillance in general?
0: Well, yeah. I mean yeah. like the question is, is it still going on today. It's kinda of like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I I mean
0: it's kind of been shown
1: multiple I, times. Yeah, I I mean it's it's funny because it's like with we when we talked about MK Ultra, there's no real evidence that it's still continuing and there's no real evidence right. that, that the CIA was successful. But with this one, it's it's almost like I, I don't mean it's s- not
0: necessarily the FBI. I guess I guess really the discussion is is there still government surveillance of various groups? And it's probably like,
1: yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the, like, like we said in the research, the, the government, the FBI had that leaked memo that talks about black identity extremists, which, um, to me from a historical context, it sounds an awful lot like black nationalist groups. Like it's, it's the same, it's the same thing where it's like the FBI doesn't really do a very good job of defining it and they can just basically use that to target any It's like you where
0: you say vague statements so that you can... uh, Later on, I can say I was right. ...deny or claim to be (laughs) right right about certain things. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's the same thing. Like They haven't defined what a black identity extremist is. They never really defined what a black nationalist group was or what a black nationalist was. Um, They've just used that then as... um, uh, what i want to say as as justification for the tactics like they they create probable cause by making up a term right basically and they say well this you know like Rakim balagoon like oh he's a black identity extremist and it's like well what does that even mean like you know he he'd never they did not define that for him it's like oh well just under <laughs> the terms of this memo like he he fits this profile of a person who's a black identity yeah. extremist because it's like oh occasionally he's like posting about black power or something. I mean it uh and then they just use it to like, you know, he was jailed for 5 months while they tried to prove that he had illegally he was illegally in possession of firearms, which they could never ultimately do. He wasn't a prohibited person.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you have any other discussion points? Because I I kind of feel like we should. I kind of
1: feel like we we got to the end. Like we're we're at the time to deliver a verdict, and (laughs) you know, I think at this point the listeners are not going to be super surprised by what we say. Um, Would you? Who want? Who should start? Go go ahead, Andy. Um, Well, I'm going to start. I mean, like obviously we talked about it. Cointelpro is a fact. It's established. The Church Committee uncovered it. There's no, there's, we're not going to proffer a verdict because the church committee proved that it happened and uh, the FBI overstepped its bounds and uh, infringed on the rights of citizens in pursuit of uh, surveillance and, uh, you know, other tactics. I mean, up to and including uh, murder. Um, so the real question with COINTELPRO is like, is it happening still? And, uh, you know, are we gonna be su- are we subjected to this uh, continually? And I think for me, the verdict is case closed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, you know it's uh, you know, like we said, the, they've they've like defined this is black identity extremists, but so far no no word on white identity extremists. Uh, you know, there's been a recent slew of like white power type. Uh, High profile white power type crimes uh, in the wake of that, uh, you know, rally in Charlottesville. And there doesn't seem to be any or like any other group being targeted. So it just feels a lot like, you know, it's like if it walks like a duck, if it talks like a duck. But it taps your phones and it intercepts your communication. It's probably <laughs> CoIntel Pro. Like it's just under a different name. Um, you know, is it, it? I don't. You know, it's like when did it and come? It may back? or may not be duck shaped. My guess is probably it never went away. Right? right like no. it? They they ceased the program, but then they just kept quiet about it. Yeah. You know, it's like it receded back into the shadows instead of being a big. Target at the Bureau. And honestly, this would have lived in the shadows forever, if not for the work of the Citizens Committee to uh, investigate the FBI. Um, I mean, they blew the lid on this whole thing. And it it really helped lead to the Church Committee, which exposed a lot of these uh, rights infringing excesses uh, undertaken by um, the agencies tasked with protecting the rights of U.S. citizens. So for me, case closed. It's still happening. Wow. You've just been on a case closed case. I, yeah. I, it feels, it feels good to have some cases closed. <laughs> you know, like I feel like we're getting shit done. Different for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I feel justified in this one. <laughs> Nobody's going to be able to come back and tell me I was wrong.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't need to. You know, I can just echo everything Andy said. Pretty much, case closed on this one as well. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there is still massive surveillance of citizens uh, across the U.S. I mean, yep. You know, whether you want to say from just like a CoIntel Pro like program or a larger program like um, NSA, or you can get into even worldly surveillance where. You got these 5 eyes, 9 eyes, 14 eyes. They all share stuff. Every major power spies on everybody and just shares it with everybody
1: else. Yeah.
0: They all do it. Um I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's 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 just like a, it's almost like this fact of the world that we live in today, this globalized society with our yeah. little smartphones. You know, like, what are we supposed to do? Get rid of all the
1: phones? Yeah. Get, get rid, rid of, of all the computers? We have so many more footprints now. Than, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, like, it would have been so much easier to live anonymously in the 1960s. Yeah. And even then, it wasn't that easy, but it would have been a lot easier than it is today. Oh, a lot easier. I mean. You have used so many places, you leave behind a record of your existence. Yeah. Um.
0: Wow. Yeah. Two case closed uh, here today, folks. Hey, listeners, let us know what you think about COINTELPRO. Pro. Um, tweeted us. Use the hashtag. Use the hashtag. Uh, I'm a <laughs> CoIntel Pro Pro.
1: I was gonna say CoIntel Prone. <laughs> Probe. <Co-intel-probe. laughs> Use either one of those hashtags. Anyone you want. Just go nuts with it, listeners. We'll know what you mean. Um And, you know, as kind of a closing thing, I'll just say, like, I mean, our privacy uh, as res- with respect to the government is probably one of the most important issues uh, in in uh, every country today. And yeah. I think that. Um,
0: doesn't really get talked about a lot anymore. it doesn't
1: get talked about a lot and the whole
0: NSA thing happened and everyone was all up in arms about it but it's been a little while people don't remember that that was
1: Snowden took the lumps for it even though he like did he's a hero when was that he blew the lid off of that yeah and I mean it's like it just keeps going on because then you know nothing ever happens and you know it's like we as you know for our US listeners for every listener worldwide like I mean be active in your political politics like bring this up to your elected officials use a vpn <laughs> use a vpn uh reputable vpn too yeah don't use uh don't use a dark web vpn
0: well no i didn't say that what are you even saying a dark web vpn don't
1: <laughs> use it andy what are you talking about um you guys need some human fingers <laughs> i, yeah, get I, them, get I got some. them on ice. i got my nice um
0: no you can you, you should look up information on the vpn company it's it's important where your VPN company is located <laughs> and where they have their servers and whether yeah. they block WebRTC, yeah. which can, you know, a lot of VPNs say like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like we, you know, block the IP address. It's like, OK, but do you also block the WebRTC and other cookie like, you know, other little footprints that you leave behind that you don't even it's a confusing technology bullshit you know it's yeah
1: it's gonna be difficult so i mean get yourself a vpn get yourself uh research uh, i use one in switzerland (laughs) uh it'll be so secure you won't be able to use it but get yourself one
0: andy's making fun of me because at one point i set up an encrypted swiss based email account (laughs) that i eventually ended up not using because it's just more of a
1: Arts everything that's wrong with this country. He took a security measure and then abandoned it because it was too hard. I still use a VPN. This is why, this is why this domestic spying still exists. I forget. I think I use a Swiss VPN
0: as well. I'm pretty happy with them. Um, I don't know if I should, should I give them a shout out. I guess I should. I use Molvad. Okay, Molvad. Um, Ch- check them
1: out. And you can actually they, go to their website. The views expressed on this podcast do not represent their views. I'm guessing <laughs> that.
0: Uh, yeah, let's say that. Um, you can go to, uh, it's M-U-L-L-V-A-D. You can go to amimulvad.net and they will check your connection to see how covered you are. Um, your IP, Like what your IP address is leaking, if your WebRTC is leaking, if your faucet is leaking.
1: If your refrigerator, <laughs> oh, kinds is, your refrigerator
0: is running. <laughs> yeah. Do you have DNS links? Do you, Are you blacklisted anywhere? Um, it'll check lots of things for you. Um, I use it. I'm happy with it. But um, anyway, folks, that was our discussion of COINTELPRO. Um Andy, any last, I guess you kind of already.
1: Yeah. You summarized. I mean, domestic spying, it's bad. And it infringes on your rights.
0: Um, all right, bunker kind of infringes on our rights a little bit. Yeah, by he's, capturing us, he's every committing. Week. And we a infringe cry. on the listeners' rights by talking into their ears.
1: Well, to be fair, uh, <laughs> they we don't force them to. Li- we don't force all of the wait. Listeners. We don't. Not all of them. <laughs> Some of them listen voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, our significant others unfortunately aren't so. Uh, yeah, they're they're forced to uh, to listen to this regardless of whether they want to or not. And honestly, listeners, like, shame on us. Uh, we deserve all of this Wait, coin. what? We deserve all this. No, coin. we're perfect. <laughs> we're perfect in every way.
0: And let's leave on that note, we're perfect.
1: Uh um, we listeners perfect. for the titular
0: Mr. Bunker and for my Deedle co host. Andy Hart I am Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada
1: Of Rita a Shen <laughs>